and get started. I'll let you take the reins on this conversation and tell us a little bit about your background and tell us all about yourself. Okay, well, I grew up ever since I can remember, probably since I could walk, riding. Um, my dad actually calf roped. Welcome back to the Barrel Horse Life Podcast. I wanted to remind you guys to head on over to the barrelhorselife.store and check out the new website. As barrel racers, trainers, or just the average weekend warrior like me, we all work super hard. We need to be proud of our Western culture. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, is that what barrel racers are really like? I am not even going to answer that question. So it gave me a good idea. I wanted to build a brand that could represent barrel racing with a touch of humor and our lingo on top of it. The store offers super comfy soft style shirts that are custom printed. They are made to order with hundreds of styles, colors, and sizes for men, women, and peewees too. Lots of great shirts with sayings like, run your horse, not your mouth. I've been doing cowgirl shit all day. Kinda ranchy, kinda cute. Head on over to the barrelhorselife.store and check it out for yourself. If you need something specific, say you got a special event and you need shirts made for it. No problem. Shoot me an email and I can custom make whatever you need at no extra cost. In today's episode, I get to chat with the queen of consistency. She places, if not wins, just about everywhere she goes. Shelly Morgan really kicked ass in the 2022 American Rodeo, winning the final round with a smoking run stopping the clock at 14.609, just knocking out the 2021 world champion Jordan Briggs out of the top spot by three one thousandth of a second. She tells us all about her run, the lead up to that super long week, and all about her super mare, Kiss, HR, Fame's Kiss and Tell. Recording live from my recording closet, I'm Amy Davenport, and this is the Barrel Horse Life Podcast. Today's episode, Shelly Morgan. This podcast is brought to you by WOCO, a nutrition and fitness training program designed to help you reach your goals inside and outside of the arena. To find out if you are a good fit for the program, go to woco.com. That's W-H-O-A-A-C-O.com. When I went through Jamie's program myself, I gained way more than I bargained for. In our first sessions together, Jamie asked me, what's your goal? And I said, girl, I just want to fit back into my gosh dang skinny jeans again. And that's truly no joke. Jamie's program taught me that confidence in myself will progress back into confidence in the saddle. Teaching me how to correctly feed my hunger cues led to way better eating habits. And then those better eating habits led me into fitting back into my gosh dang pants again. And let me tell you, the confidence that I gained fitting back into those skinny jeans at my first barrel race was a damn good feeling. Jamie's a registered dietitian and she's also an accomplished 1D barrel racer herself, so she totally gets it. Head on over to woco.com and use my code Amy10. That's W-H-O-A-A-C-O.com and use my code for any service. Hey guys, it's Amy. I want to tell you a little something. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you have horses. Maybe not barrel racing horses. You might just have the backyard pet. But either way, they're our best friends. And performance horses are athletes, and we ask a lot of them. Draw It Out is an all-natural topical liniment that removes heat, inflammation, and soreness anywhere on your horse's body. You can put it under wraps, saddle pads, even blankets. I mean, there's nothing on the market that's like this. It's completely safe, 100% natural, and it's super convenient to use. I keep it in the barn, in the trailer. Heck, I even keep it in the house. Their deep penetrating formula is completely sensation-free, so it goes on your horses gently with zero heating, zero cooling, and no tingling effects. 
You guys, that means there's no burns and no blistering with this product on our best friends. That's huge. I never leave home without their concentrate spray and gel. And in the summertime, their citroquin bug spray is the real deal. It actually works. Their new master mud poultice and ice bath are essential when competing and hauling down the road. Truly, keeping down as much inflammation as possible is key to the 1D. Click your way on over to LonePrairiePHS.com, that's LonePrairiePHS.com, and enter code AMY10 in the checkout. Let's keep our animals competing at the top of their game. I've been riding forever. Um, I have a sister, and my mom, obviously my mom and dad, and I, uh, my mom and dad introduced us to horses. Um, my mom's sister and I, we used to ride in a drill team when I was young, a mounted drill team, and my dad was actually the, um, the one who... I don't know what you call it, but he made the, you know, he made us practice and all that. Anyway, I don't know. That's kind of like random, but <laughs> basically to say, I've been around horses all my life and, um, I met my husband in high school. We'll be married 30 years this June. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> and we have two boys, Zach and Tanner. Um, Rick started kind of traveling around the rodeos with me when we were dating and uh then we got married in 92 and um i want to say in like i said he kind of kept traveling with me and then in 08 he's the one that pushed me to buy my pro card and therefore that is why i am where i am today yeah that's awesome and i was looking at your stats on the wpra i think wpra.com and yeah, you go way back because you it starts in, right at your amateur year in two thousand eight, and right. you know, and it was really cool to see things fluctuate starting in two thousand eight. You know, you came out with a banging. You, I think that year you won a little over, I think maybe seven thousand dollars or so. I thought, man, for right. your first year, it's not bad, but it only took you a few years, and you were winning like I think you. I don't remember. I think it was. Let me click over here. Back in two thousand nine, you won over $100,000, that was your first year at the National Finals Rodeo. I mean, you'd only been rodeoing just a few, that's, that's killer, that's pretty damn good, girl. Well, you know, I mean, like I said, it was, it was pretty awesome, it was, it was one of those, you know, I don't know, the perfect story thing in, in 08, I mean, like I said, I rodeoed in the amateurs growing up, that's what I did. Yeah. And, and then, like I said, Rex took me to an amateur finals, like the UPRA finals, just to sit and watch. And I was like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a big, this is weird, but I'm not a big sit and watch rodeo, like go to the rodeo and sit and watch. Mm-hmm. If I can't run down the alley, then I, you know, I want to run down the alley. I don't want to sit in the bleachers. And so I'm like, what are we doing? And so when we left, he's like, I had my horse short go. I don't know if you had heard about short yes, go, but yeah. he's like. I think it's time for us to buy our pro card. So, like you said, um, I think Short Go won the UPRA in, I don't remember if it was 07 or 08. I think it was 08, but I'm not sure about that. I'd have to go back and look at that. We kind of bought our pro card that year in 08 and just kind of got our feet wet. I mean, literally, I know I know this, you know, some people wouldn't understand this, but pro rodeoing is like a whole thing in itself. Like, I, I, um, amateur rodeo growing up and, you know, you go and every night pretty much you go home. I don't even remember spending the night at any rodeos. And then when you go pro rodeo, I mean, things are so far away that you have to spend the night away from home. So in 08, when we were, you know, getting our feet wet, well, I mean, we learned what ulcers were in a bad way. I mean, cause I had short go and short go would just stay fat on sand. I think he was always fat. <laughs> And he got ulcers. And, I, I mean, I really didn't, I, as long as I'd been around horses, I honestly didn't know anything about ulcers. And he got off his feed. Well, when Short Go gets off his feed, something's definitely wrong. So, in 08, you know, we came home. We, we were only out a few weeks in 08. And um, as far as, like, staying out, you know what I mean? Like, in the summer run. Mm-hmm. But we came home with a horse that wasn't eating. And I learned so much in just that one little season. And then he did good, though, as long as we were out there. 
And so in 09, when it all cranked back up, Rex and I looked at each other and we're like, we're all in. We're going for the finals. And let me tell you, it took the whole year. Mm-hmm. The whole year. We we had rodeo. We rodeoed hard and made it in 09. That was his second year to compete. And he was only, um, I think, seven. Yeah, yeah. pretty young. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you learned a lot, trial and error, what to not oh, do. Yes, yes. Oh, so, so much. Yeah. I mean, you'd think somebody's been rodeoing for so long, you know, you're like, well, what? Oh, my gosh, you never quit learning. Never, ever. No. There's so much you can learn being on the road. And, and yeah. I would rather be home than be on the road, I think, about any day. <laughs> and it's, your horses do too. So it takes a tough person and a tougher horse yeah. to be out on the road like that. I agree. I agree. And Short Go was a tough one. I mean, he was, he was tough as nails. And, you know, I didn't even realize how tough he was back then as I do now. I mean, because we, you know, kind of young and dumb back then, I mean, we, we gave him all we could. You know, we asked him for a lot, and he came through. I know it's hard to talk about, and we don't have to talk too much, but you lost him in a very tragic accident. What year was that? That was in 10. And, um, you know, like you said, he had just gone to the NFR in 09, and he was he was the best rock-solid, easiest, eat-all-the-time rodeo horse in the whole entire world. And we had started off the rodeo season in 10, I mean, amazing. He was... I mean, I think in the top two, coming back at Tucson, he had already made his runs at San Angelo, and we were headed back for the um, um, short round at San Angelo, and we, in fact, we had come from Tucson down to San Angelo to make our short round run, and, and I lost him at the actually at the San Angelo rodeo. Really? Yeah. And at that point, we went home mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Yeah. It wasn't no fun at that point. No. And it, I can't even imagine what it would be like for your mental game. That would just shut everything down at that point. You know, I mean, it, once again, people that, that don't like have connections with their animals, whatever they might be, dogs, horses, you know, whatever, don't understand. I mean, you're like, oh, come, you know, some of them are like, <clears throat> oh, come on, it's just a horse. Well, I mean, you know, that's your best friend, your companion, your teammate. I mean, you're, you put a lot into that. When I lost short go, I'm not going to lie, this can sound quirky to whoever. I don't really care. I thought my world was going to end. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know how life could go on without short go. Yeah. And I know that sounds, cor- cor- you know, corny now. But at that point in my life, I didn't want nobody to come around. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want nobody to tell me it was okay because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was just a bad time in my life. And, and I, and once again, I know you like, you know, people are like, well, you just got to be thankful it wasn't your kids. Well, absolutely. I was thankful it wasn't my kids or my husband, but it was my horse. <laughs> yeah. So it was important and traumatic. <laughs> well, and it's still the same thing. You, you, you rodeo professionally. So your horse is your, I don't mean this in a bad way, but your horse is your tool and your horse is your way of life. So without him, you know, unless you have a good backup horse and another backup horse or one that you can put in their spot, it's, it's just time to go home. And I don't know how anybody, I mean, I, I, I would have reacted the exact same way. I would have said, screw it I'm going home I don't want to be out here I don't want anybody talking to me just stay away just I want to go home and cry about it for the next six months I mean there's no way that I would be able to carry on yeah I I get it I would have I would have done the exact same thing and anybody that's listening to this podcast is gonna feel the exact same way about their animals so yeah I I don't blame you that's that's gonna be one of the toughest things to go through as a horse owner is you know you it's not like a horse very rarely just gets cancer and slowly dies when any time a tragic accident or a colic or something very sudden happens it's super traumatic yes it really is i mean i remember and once again this you know people can think it's corny or whatever but i remember going out and sitting in his pen when i got back home the next day thinking okay wake up this is not real this did not just happen you know he's wake up from your dream but 
I mean, I wanted to go home. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, it just, it was like I lost one of my best friends, Mm -hmm. a family member, and it just, it wasn't any fun at that point. I didn't want to rodeo. I did have another horse, and he was a nice horse. He wasn't, you know, rock solid like short go, but I could have gone some, but, you know, it just, it wasn't. Just wasn't, wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, well, and that that's going to, that's so hard. It, it's it's a loss. There's a yeah. grieving process that has to happen. And it's something that's that comes very natural. I think that's only human nature that, that you had to go through that. My parents drove. I remember calling them when the accident happened. Um, like I said, we were at San Angelo. They actually hooked up to their um, gooseneck trailer and drove to San Angelo, which was about six hours, mm-hmm. and picked him up for me. You know, we had him, oh, we had to have him put down. Yeah. They picked him up, and we all drove back home, and we, our neighbor uh, met us at our place, and we buried him that night. Mm-hmm. That's how much he meant to us and our family. I yeah. mean, he was definitely a family member. It wasn't just me. It was my whole family. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he actually has a headstone out by our family. Oh, how cool. That's really neat. Yeah. So you can take your horses out there and say, hey, everybody here, short yeah. go. That's cool. You, how neat. You got to live up to this. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my mom and dad bought him a headstone after we buried him. So That's really cool. That's, that's so respectful. I really respect that. That's yeah. cool. Well, let's talk about some cool good stuff. I know in the <laughs> in the last few years, you've had some pretty damn good success and some really great earnings, including this win. So just this year, you've had wins at the Rooftop Rodeo in, in Colorado, the Central Wyoming Fair and Rodeo in Casper. You've won Greenlee, Elk City, Wichita Falls. Um, you won Durant, the Pro Rodeo there, Gladewater. Um, the, uh, you won Mineral Wells, Texas won Will Rogers Stampede in Oklahoma. You also won Ram National Circuit Finals Rodeo in Florida and the Texas Circuit Finals year-end title. That is huge. You had a killer year in 2021. How did, like, now that you've kind of heard me verbalize all that and you can look back and kind of think about your whole year wrapped up, how does that feel to you? You know, like you just said, I guess nobody sat there and read that out to me like that. And so it gives me chills, I guess, when you read it out. Because, I mean, last year it was it was amazing. I mean, you know, things that, um, you know, when I got Kiss, I knew Kiss was, was awesome and going to be great. But to, to for her to take me even more places than a short go took me, you know, there's so many key wins like you, you talked about. Um, wow, I don't even, I mean, I definitely don't take it for granted, and I don't just think, yep, I just want another one, blah. I mean, it is like, each one you read out, I'm like, I've never had somebody just sit there and read all that to me. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty darn cool. That's that's fun for you to be able to read that to me and say, I did that. Me and Kiss did that. <laughs> I did that, and that's just the stuff you won. That's not including the things that you won second or third or got runner-up. Those are just your actual wins from 2021. I was like, damn, girl, I'm pretty impressed. I mean, what a fun year. And I guess I should correct myself. I didn't do that. I mean, kids did that. Right. I mean, what a, what a good girl she is. But, I mean, wow, what a fun year. I mean, what a fun year and what a fun beginning to this year. So, um, I mean, kudos to Kiss. She's got a heart of gold. She's finicky, and she's not as good of a traveling rodeo horse as Short Go was. But bless her heart, she sure gives her all. Yeah. And not to mention, so including all those wins and everything, you know, the traveling, the miles, the stories, the laughter, the sadness, the sorrow, the scooping of the poop and the hauling of the feed and (laughs) water buckets and all the stories you had of the year. Then entering the National Finals Rodeo, you were ranked third with a little over $94,000. And then, then you finished fourth. With a $202,000 in your pocket, finishing seventh in the average, placing five out of the 10 rounds. So at the National Finals Rodeo, you won almost $108,000. It says here $107,973. So like, that's huge. What was the finals like for you? I mean, you were super consistent this year. The average is the way to go in my mind, and you did exactly that. But I want you to tell us all about the finals and how it was for you this year. Well, once again, a fairy tale story. And coming in, like the indoor arenas um, are really not Kiss's 
um, strong point. They never have been. Uh, so coming into the finals, you know, Rex and I had sat and talked. I mean, because, you know, we're all competitive out here. We want to win. We oh, don't yeah. want to go there and, and not win a penny. But we knew that really wasn't going to be her setup. And so, you know, we were trying to get our mindset before we went down there that we were going to go do the very best we could. We were going to put it all out there. But at the, at the end of the day, Kiss had been amazing in 2021. I mean, she was rock solid. And, I mean, you know, you like you, the stuff you called out. She, whatever, whatever happened, we were happy. Mm-hmm. We were happy with what had happened. And so... We were hoping she would do good because that can be a long 10 days if you don't win anything. Um, and so, but we didn't have real high, high expectations. Um, as far as like the buildings and all, like if you can get her in the arena, then some, so she, when I say that the indoors are not her um, strong point, she, she goes and makes the same pattern, makes a beautiful run. She just doesn't fire. She doesn't run hard. I guess she's a little timid in indoor would be a good a good way to put it. But when you can get her in the atmosphere and just let her walk around and see everything, then sometimes she'll fire harder and she'll run. So, obviously, at the NFR, we have practice times. I actually was able to get her in that arena twice before um, we started. And so, I really believe that helped her. Um, then the fact that she ran so good i mean even the night she didn't play she still ran good i mean above and beyond happy i mean just um everything she does just we don't have a ton of expectations for her um i mean really to be real honest at this point in my life my husband makes a good living i don't i don't have to have the income that kiss gives us but it sure makes it nice i mean it sure makes it a lot of fun but but we were so happy how she did the NFR. It was so much fun. I mean, so much fun. We have more fun at the NFR than we have. Oh my gosh, I got to win tonight. I got to win tonight. Yeah. We just go out there and put it all out there and have fun with Kiss. Good. Because so often I talk to people and they're like, you know, they put so much pressure on themselves and maybe not on their horses, but you know, they're out there to do a job. Yeah. And my husband tells me the same thing. Why don't you just go to the barrel race and have fun? And I do better on the weekends that he tells me that. And I truly try to have that mindset versus when I go and try to think, okay, I got to hit this access point and I got to turn and snap my body. You know, when you really focus on that, you don't have as much fun versus I'm just going to go relax, have fun, let my horse do its job. But when it's time to work, it's time to work. I get it. But when you go with an uh, easier mindset, yeah, good for you. Cause that's a 10 days. That's a long, yeah. long two weeks. And you, I mean, you're so right. I mean, you, you know, the year I had short go that I made it to the NFR, I, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm not lying when I said it took us from the beginning to the end to make it. And at the end, you know, we were one of those that weren't real sure we were going to make it. And so, you know, obviously when you start the year, when I started the year in 09, um, and this is with short go and kiss, I mean, you just out there rodeoing, I mean, Obviously, the competitive spirit comes out in us all because we wouldn't do it if we didn't like competition. So there is that tense, you know, tense competitiveness. But at the same point, when when I start out the year, I'm out there rodeoing and having fun. And wins are fun. They're, I mean, they're fun. I mean, losing is never fun. But mm-hmm. you got to take the good with the bad and, and build on it. But then at the end of 09, just kind of talking about having fun when you're doing it, when I was pressured and I was number 14 and 15 and I was struggling to get into the NFR, it started becoming more of a mindset where I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And I kind of lost my concentration and my cool and I started getting irritated and frustrated and um, it became not fun, and, you know, Rex backed me down. This was like a week or two left in the season, and he's like, you've quit having fun, and therefore you quit winning. If you don't relax and just go have fun. So I remember Albuquerque in 09, I had to place at Albuquerque, which is one of the last rodeos of the year, to be able to make it to the NFR. So we got there early, and we just sat in lawn chairs all day, and my mom and dad were there, and we just – you know, chilled out and relaxed, and I tried to go back to having fun. And I remember, gosh, I remember like it was yesterday. Short go did so amazing. I think that was back where you had two runs and an average. Uh-huh. And um, he placed, I think, in both rounds and the average, which locked our spot in in the NFR. 
So I guess I'm saying all that to when you lose, I mean, everybody has their own way of doing some, like you said, it's a job and you know, they go out there serious business for me. I have to remember why I started doing this. I started doing it because it's fun. Yeah, I want to be serious and I want to be competitive. I don't want to just, you know, go out there and just to hear my name called. But at the end of the day, I do it because I like it. I mean, I can't imagine not barrel racing. It's, it's definitely a fun part of my life. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. Good for you. High five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my horses, I mean, and that's the same thing. My horses, um, you know, they're they're not which I know sometimes we have, I, I get what we're saying, like a computer is your tool and your horse. I mean, because it is, but at the end of the day, they're my teammate. You know what I mean? We're a team. They're not something I just, like if they're not feeling good, then I'm, you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I try to take their feelings and their, um, not feelings, because they but you know what I mean. Every horse has feelings, I believe. I yeah. have a gelding who, I don't know if horses can be gay, but I have one. (laughs) I'm not lying. If you met him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's totally gay. So he has feelings. And I am 100% swear horses do have feelings. I mean, I have had clinics with some of the best clinicians. I've had clinics with Ron Rawls, Charmaine James, and uh, Joy Wargo. I mean, I've had them all. And especially I've spent more time with Charmaine than anybody. But she she will back me up on this. He has feelings. He he doesn't he doesn't get angry or 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 mad at me mad at me if I you know if you start yanking on him and start spurring him. Not that I do, but you know if like sometimes I get frustrated and my my knowledge runs out and I'm like why why are his shoulders locking up? What am I doing wrong? He gets upset with me. He gets like just just like gay men they get upset. He, he gets upset with me and I, I don't mean to upset anybody. That's, that's not my intention here in this conversation, but he does like, he literally yeah. gets upset with me. Uh, not really a temper tantrum, but he has his own way of doing things. So yes, horses do have feelings and yes, they do get upset. And I don't believe that they hold grudges, but they have their own way of expressing themselves. Oh, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, short go was just, you know, he, I mean, he had feelings, but he was just happy all the time. Whereas Kiss, like you said, I mean, I mean, and I think that's important in what you do too, whether you bell race or whatever you do with your horse, just learning them and their needs and their personality because Kiss is almost like what you're describing. She doesn't like you to pick on her. I mean, she mm-hmm. does not want you to pick on her and she'll get mad. I mean, at the same time though, you know, they have to mind like our kids do. So just learning how to handle that, just, you know, just like learning my kids, you know, they have different needs. Well, your horses have different needs and, and learning how to handle them and give them, I mean, she loves to be loved on, but yet when it comes competition time, she, she's done not I mean, she doesn't want anybody touching her. She just, she wants to do her job. She doesn't want you yanking on her or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just going to make her mad and it's going to pick a fight. Yep. I feel like that's very typical affairs. Have you found that to be true? Uh, yeah, I, well, I do like kiss, like I consider kiss sensitive and, um, but yet I know this is kind of corny too, but I mean, I'm sure that she doesn't know her name, but I swear she does know her name. So like when she's doing something wrong and I kiss, then she just kind of looks at me like, okay, mom. Whereas I have another horse, Phoebe, she's a little more, um, uh, like she can take the, She's harder headed. So, whereas um, you might just put kiss in time out, like you were talking about humans, Phoebe, Phoebe might need a you know a spanking every now and then. She doesn't. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Just, just Phoebe can take more harsh getting on to than kiss can. And so, and can Phoebe the mayor? Phoebe's the mayor too. Yeah. Phoebe's honorary. Kiss is sensitive. How's that? Yeah, there we go. I want to get into a little bit of Kiss's accomplishments before we talk about the American, because I'm super excited to talk about that. But I was reading about Kiss recently, and so her registered name is H.R. Fame Kiss and Tell. So she finished in a tie for third in the 2021 Neutrina Horse of the Year, and I thought that was really cool. Yes. So in yes. 2020, she also won the WPRA Horse with the Most Heart, and that just melted my heart. Like, that kind of made me emotional, and I'm pretty sure you probably felt the same way whenever you got that award. Like, I'm sure you probably cried a little bit because I got teared up when I read that. 
Yes, I, I, um, I did. I when they gave me that award because we didn't know until we got to the WPLA banquet. Yeah, I did tear up. That was pretty cool. Just you know, it's like all the other girls say. Just when you're, because that's your peers voting for your horse, and mm -hmm. it means a lot. It means a whole lot. She's such a cool horse. She really is. So. Of course, we have to talk about your big win of the 2022 American Rodeo. So I can't tell you how many times that I've watched that run. And, you know, Kiss was so sure-footed and confident during that one. I'm sure you probably, you probably could have closed your eyes, held on, and still won that race on her. She knew exactly where she was running. She knew exactly where her feet were supposed to go. And, man, did it pay off. I mean, like, literally it paid off. So tell us a little bit more about your experience. Well, like you said, so the first run, um, what what a lot of people may not know is um, that first barrel is like definitely a weird approach. Yeah. Um, you come in the alley, and the way the alley sends you, it, it's kind of, so the way that the pattern set up, you would think, well, I don't know what's so weird about it, and it doesn't. When you're just looking at the arena, it doesn't look weird, but from the alley, the way the alley sends you out there, it sends you. I'm talking like directly at the first barrel. Like, literally, no pocket, no approach, no just, I'm talking run right at it. So, you have to kind of, like, get your horse over in the alley and send them kind of towards the middle just to give them the ability to turn the first barrel. So, I really concentrated on that, um, the first run, because I thought, if, if I don't get in the right spot, she's not going to be able to finish her first barrel good, and it won't. We won't be set up for the second barrel. Is it wasn't because I was worried that Kiss would miss the first barrel because she's not going to. I mean, I could send her straight at it, and she's going to turn it. I was just trying to help her be the fastest she could be. Well, basically, all I did was got in her way. So once I got in her way, going to the first barrel, I kind of just stayed in her way on the second. And the third. And so I came out after that run, and I told my husband, I'm like, okay, Kiss can run a lot faster than that. And so I said, I mean, at that point, I knew I had made it back to the four round. So I'm like, when we come back in the four round, I'm just going to let Kiss go. I mean, I did get her over a little bit in the alley. That's just to help her. But at that point, I'm, I let her go. And like you just said, I just gave her the reins. And you're so right when you say, I could probably close my eyes and see – I just sent her. Kiss did all the work. She was and perfect. She was perfect. She was. That was so much fun. That was so much fun. I mean, you couldn't hear really in the back very well there. Um, just so much going on. So as I was running out from the third barrel to the gate, uh, I could see my husband because he, you know, he walked me up to the gate. He was standing behind the gate, fist pumping, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that I knew. That's the moment I knew. It had worked. Yeah, yeah. So talk me through the process of how that whole week worked out for you and how you prepared both you and your horse for that whole that whole week, that whole day. How did you prepare up until that point? Well, so, you know, we had just been at Houston um, that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before um, that weekend started. So um, I got home from Houston Wednesday night, and I just I gave her Thursday off, and... Um, Friday, well, so the fact that they moved the uh, um, a, a qualifying round or contender round into the North Side Arena, we were a tiny bit, you know, stressed, kind of, sort of, because once again, that's a really small indoor, and, you know, like I said, that's just, but they gave us an open arena from two to three, so Friday, that's how I prepared KISS, I went to open arena at North Side from two to three, and just let her walk around in the arena and, you know, see the arena and all. And so um, I felt like she fired harder that night at Northside Friday night to get us to AT&T Center. Uh, you know, we I don't know if you saw, it, it's kind of like when somebody said this out loud, I, it didn't really come to reality. We had to set the second barrel up because she barely, barely nicked it going into it. And Kiss doesn't hit a lot of barrels. So mm -hmm. when she knocked that barrel, uh, that second barrel on Friday night, I'm like, oh, no, uh, -uh this ain't happening. Not going to happen. <laughs> Suck it in. <laughs> Reaction, you know, I just reached for it. And I, when I first touched it, I didn't, I didn't think I got it set back up. But, I mean, it did set back yep, up. And yep. somebody commented. And I didn't think of it this way. I, you know, and just they're like, that was a 
$100,000 bill you got set back up. I'm like, you are so right. I mean, that is a very good point. And a lot of times that doesn't work out on her because she's so big. I mean, you know, you barrel race. So if your horse yeah. doesn't stay close to the barrel, you can't even reach the barrel. Yep. And the fact that she's so tall, you know, that barrel's pretty far down in there. But um, that was definitely a $100,000 barrel. And that was pretty cool and fun. That was fun. Another one of those fun moments. That's one of those moments uh, that if you could if you could buy that picture, you could frame yes. it and put put, the, put it next to the check. Yes, I have watched <laughs> that video back so many times, and just how fun is that? I mean, how fun that that worked out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because it could have easily not worked out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you know you set it back up, and then you make it through. You know, just fun. Just you can't just describe it any better than fun, and um. Then Saturday, she got off again, the day off, and um, Sunday, they gave us open arena Sunday morning from um, 6 to 7, so my husband and I had our alarm set for 3.30 that morning so we could get to Arlington and get her in the arena, because, you know, that's one another thing, like, just learning your horse and what helps them succeed, that just helps kids succeed in indoors, it just helps her, she doesn't necessarily need as much outdoors, but it just helps her, so my alarm set was set for 3.30, and I, w- I woke up at one fifty that morning, and I could not go back to sleep. And so, anyway, we went to practice, and it was a really long day, but, man, how fun was it, and it was so worth it. I bet you slept good that night. I know. Somebody said, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight with all the excitement, and I looked at and I'm like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I slept like a rock. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I slept like a rock that night. <laughs> I bet. So, do you have plans for that $100,000? You know, uh, that, no, I don't. I don't have any plans. Um, when I got it home, obviously, my husband took it straight to the bank yeah. and put it in the bank. Um, I gave my, I tied my 10% to the church, and the other 90 you know, if fuel prices keep going up, it's going to go in my fuel tank, probably, to be able to rodeo this year. Oh, no shit, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It is. But, We've been wanting to build an outdoor kitchen at our place, and so we may use a little bit of it for that. That's awesome. Yes, this is going to get something. I just, I mean, she deserves something. I just haven't figured out what yet. Maybe you could just give her a really nice spa day. That's what every girl wants, right? Yes, for sure. I need to do that for sure. Yeah, give her some swim time, give her a nice leg rub. Give her, you know, some kind of, you know, vibing treatment. Or they got all sorts of rejuva, whatever stuff nowadays. Yeah, she'd probably love that. Oh, yeah. Well, every girl does. Heck yeah. Yeah. Let's kind of rewind. So I can remember when you first started running her. So several years ago, I was watching maybe like an old Fort Days for charity or something. Um, I think that was my first time seeing Kiss Run, and I have never forgot her. I mean, her style was so smooth, yet she shut off the clock so dang fast. And I thought, oh my gosh, I instantly grabbed my phone, looked her up, and started finding more out about her. I wanted to know her bloodlines, who owned her, who trained her, all the things. So let's go back a little bit and tell us, tell me a little bit about her bloodlines and how she's bred. So, she is by CEO, and um, she's out of a mare named Fame's Fiery Kiss, which is by Dash to Fame, and out of a Firewater Foot mare. Um, I actually got her spring of her three-year-old year. Um, a guy named Marco from um, Brazil had actually started, you know, rode her and kind of started her and introduced her to the pattern and all. And then he went back to Brazil. And so, actually, my brother-in-law introduced me. Um, he, this was a, the guy that owned Kiss was a connection through my brother-in-law's work. And he actually had two three-year-olds, Kiss and her half-brother. And I brought them home, and I wrote them for these people. And, and I told my husband, like, two weeks after I had, I had been on Kiss's back, I'm like, we got to have this horse. <laughs> um, he was the most... Okay, so this is, she was the most, like, short go um, from, like, just training, just taking up to the pattern and just acting like she loved it and just, you know, just being, I mean, just doing it easy and natural. It was just natural for her from the get-go. And uh, 
Now, personality-wise, her and Stuart Go are like night and day personality. He loves crowds. He loves hard ground. Um, whereas Kiss is a little timid. The more people that watch her, the more timid she runs, it seems sometimes. And she likes the deeper ground. But just, I mean, she was easy. She trained herself. She trained herself. Her style is her style. It's not nothing I put in her. It's just her style. It's just how she likes to do it. And I believe in letting them do it like they like to do it to a certain extent. I mean, because obviously, you know, I mean, their natural way is going to be the fastest way and then tweak it to fit your style. So that's what we focused on. What do you do with her when you're riding during the week to help keep her tuned up? Mainly I ride in the pasture. I have some little hills um, in the back of my pasture. We um, walk. When we're running a lot, we walk that a lot. Um, when we're not running, we'll lope the hills, you know, lope, lope up circles on the hills. And I don't ride her in the arena a whole lot at all. I don't work the pattern hardly ever. I mean, unless I'm having a problem, I don't work the pattern. And this doesn't usually give me trouble, so that means I don't work the pattern much. The only time I work the pattern is sometimes when I can get in the open arena, I'll try to fit the pattern. And I love that because a lot of times... I think as barrel racers, and I don't want to classify us barrel racers as a whole because everybody's their own individual and thinks very differently. But so often I get messages saying, I want to talk to trainers and find out what drills are the best. And I want to talk to trainers and find out what I can do to help make my horse snappier and faster in the turns. And and which which is fine, but each horse is an individual, and I always try to give them advice that you need to, you need to seek local trainers and get lessons yourself, versus right. me interviewing a trainer and them giving you an advice that may or may not work for you. So I think it's wonderful to hear you say that because one, I'm going to say nine, probably seventy five percent of people don't have arenas. They have, but they have a pasture or they have ditches they can run through or hills they can go up. And sometimes that's, that's, if that's all you got, that's all you got. And there's no shame in that. That's okay. But you can still keep your horses legged up and do things like that. And it's going to be better for their minds. And you know what? Sometimes that, that's what keeps it fun and keeps it peaceful. And it keeps the beauty in having our connection with our horse and having a good relationship. I agree. I mean, I don't want, you know, I don't want to drill her so much when she's not doing anything wrong and she's running good. I mean, she has the pattern down, so I don't want to drill her or work her until she hates it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want her to love running barrels, and I want her to be excited to do it, and I I think she she is. Uh, I mean, if she could talk, she might tell me different, but (laughs) I think she loves what she does, but I'm like you, just riding in the pasture, just... I think it helps their mind, their brain, their attitude. I think it's fun for them. We'll go see the cows. I mean, we, we go all over. I actually live on uh, some land that my family owns that's about 180 acres, and so we can just explore. That's a lot of room to explore. <laughs> yes. You can yes. find some really cool stuff on 180 acres, yeah. Yes, yes. We walk through trees, just, you know, wherever. Beautiful. What kind of saddle and bit do you ride her in? Um, I ride her in a shallow saddle, and um, actually, I've been wanting a shallow saddle forever, and I never I never did until this last fall. I'm like, that's it. I actually sat in a girl's shallow, and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to I'm going to call, and I'm going to order me a shallow. So I did that this last fall. I called him, and he's like, well, I'll try to get it to you a few weeks before the NFR so that you can ride it. And I'm like, that'd be great. So he did. I'm going to tell you what, I have been missing out, like, big time. That, from the time I sat in that saddle, I mean, it, comfortable from, like, day one. Just, I'm talking natural and comfortable. Anyway, just, Perfect. I rode it all two rounds at the NFR. It's my favorite saddle. I can't believe I've been so long getting it. But, anyway, Shiloh mm-hmm. Contenders, what I run in now. Mm-hmm. And um, the bit I use is a Dave Elliott. Um, I don't remember the number of it, but it's a real simple bit. Um, I mean, it's a, um, a dog bone with the roller in the mm-hmm. middle. And um, just a small to medium shank. It's not, it's not, definitely not big, not a long shank. Well, getting ready to head into the summer months in rodeo up north in the northern states, 
How do you guys prep your horses for the different climate and traveling? Um, actually, I think Kiss does better up there in that climate where it's a little bit drier and not so much humidity. Um, but once I get through with these winter rodeos um, here in a couple of weeks, I'll give her some, you know, some time just off. I mean, we will stay in shape because, you know, I think that's important keeping them in shape so that they don't injure themselves. But she'll get some time off where, at, like I just, like we were talking about a while ago, she'll probably just get a lot of walking in the pasture for, you know, probably at least a month to six weeks. And um, I'll pick up on Phoebe and another horse, Trace. I mean, Phoebe did amazing last year. Some of those rodeos you called out, like Durant and Mineral Wells and, uh, I'm sorry, Wichita Falls and any uh, Gladewater, those were Phoebe. So she won those. So I have mm-hmm. a second horse that's amazing too. Um, so I'll pick up on her this spring and I'll give Kiss a break because Kiss likes the summer run. So I'll, I'll want her to be mentally, um, and physically fresh. I want her to be fresh. I don't want to just be running on her and then go out this, this summer with a, you know, tired horse. So that'll be my main goal is to keep her in, in decent shape, but at the same time, just let her, everything get well and fresh and healthy so that she can be rock solid this summer because that's her favorite part. Yeah. How how do you guys plan where you want to go and enter from state to state? Like, how do you do the flow of traveling with that? You know, it's different every year. Every single year it's different. <laughs> you know, we have our favorite rodeos that ever since we started in, you know, 08 or 09 that we like to go to. But even this year we're thinking about um, – going a little more north and staying more north um last year we stayed a lot in wyoming and that was not kiss's favorite that that ground is more um hard and gritty and gravelly and kiss struggled a little bit there so i guess how we we you know once again whereas that would have fit short go that doesn't really fit kiss so just still i'm still running her and finding out what she likes and you know, um, this is different areas of the country have different kinds of ground and you just find out what your horse likes the best and that's where you go. And so we're still exploring. There are some rodeos. I mean, Kiss won Greeley last year. So who wouldn't want to go to Greeley? You know, there's some rodeos that she did really good at. She likes the Colorado ground. It seems like Estes and <clears throat> all those. So we try to enter what she likes, but we may venture a little more North this year. And we haven't been to the Northwest in a while, and we're thinking about doing that, too. Yeah, there's some really good rodeos up there in the Northwest, a lot of them. Yes, and there's, like, a lot of money to be won these days up there. They've added so much more. Um, You know, my husband and I were talking about that last year because I haven't been to the Northwest probably since 2009. You know, the years that I was in transition trying to train me another horse, obviously, we didn't make it that far before we had to come home because, you know, we weren't winning enough to, to support what we were doing. But these last couple of years, Kiss has won enough by August that we felt comfortable that we had made it to the NFR, so we came home. You know, her being young, I still consider her young, we don't want to just wear her down. And so we'll come home and we'll say, that's enough. We've made it. Mission accomplished. And so we're thinking about venturing maybe to the Northwest, whether it be on Kiss or Phoebe or Trace, you know, we don't know yet. We'll see how the year goes. Yep, and but, plans could change. You never know, but I think that's a great goal to have. Yeah, and Rex and I were talking about, like, in the Northwest, it's almost you can win as much, if not more, than you even can on that little 4th of July run. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I was talking with uh, Dina Kirkpatrick in my last episode, and she made a good point. She said, you know, 20, 30 years ago, barrel racers were bottom feeders. There was not much money to be won. Nowadays, we are no longer bottom feeders. There's a lot of no. money out there to be won. Yes, there is. And, and and you know, rodeos are making so much more effort to make the ground um, safer and more. Um, it's like somebody said, when, when we show up, we don't want to complain. We just want a fair chance. Everybody wants a fair chance that when they show up at the rodeo, they have a chance to win. Now, if you don't, you know, that's up to you, but they're just doing, making so much effort and strides forward to make the ground better for our horses, and that's awesome. Yes, which, if there's anybody listening that has anything to do with that, we thank you so very much. Absolutely. <laughs> our equine partners, as we've discussed, are like family, and just keeping them safe, because 
And I'm not saying it was ground. I have no idea because I wasn't there. But just, I know one of them was not ground. But this last year, you know, a couple of girls lost their horses on the rodeo trail and have been in, since I've been there, you know, I, I mean, what, once again, as we talked about earlier, what a traumatic loss and um, just, you know, making it safer for our horses means a lot to us. Yes, even the smallest efforts, every little effort that they go through, I, anytime I go sign up or go pick up a check, if I win anything, I always try to tell them, thank you. You know, thank you for dragging after each, you know, even if they're just going out and raking after every one or every five, if they can't, you know, drag after every five, I make sure I tell them thank you because people want to bitch and complain so often. And I get it. Like there's sometimes there's reason to bitch and complain, but there's a time and a place to do it as well. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree totally. There's not not to bitch and bitch and complain on Facebook. You need to go to the appropriate person and bitch and complain. And don't find, don't look for things to complain about. I mean, sometimes I'm like, are bell racers ever happy? I mean, yeah. know if that's a good thing to say or not but i mean like you said just be thankful i mean you know i'm at houston right now and they're dragging right before the barrels start well i mean how awesome is that we appreciate that just just like you said just the effort so i think that yes when something is not good that maybe it can be addressed in a professional way not not bashing on facebook where it makes the barrel racers look like a bunch of complaining women but find a good way like you said to address it but then, on the other hand, I think finding the good things. Like, yes. thank you, Houston, for dragging right before the barrels. One thing that I've talked with a lot of people, and they we've talked about the struggle with horses and hauling and tummy issues, and I know it's always been on topic of conversation with people that I meet from different areas of the country. So what's been your experience hauling down the road, or what's something that you've been taught to do or not to do? So, um <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I learned the hard way what ulcers were, mm-hmm. and so um, I am big on, um, I do treat mine with, oh, I mean, like you said, some horses have more stomach issues than others. Um, short go, he ate all the time, and, you know, I mean, that wasn't a problem, and, and of course, we kind of watched what he fed, what we fed him, because he would get so fat, and when he got too fat... You know, he was cowbred, and so he couldn't run. So we kind of had to watch that. But so I guess a lesson from that is really technically they need to have something to munch on all the time because horses are naturally grazers. And so looking back then, I should have kept some kind of hay bag in front of him pretty much all the time or letting graze on grass or something. So that would be one of the things. Um, another thing I do now is um, I pretty much keep them on a Meprazole while I'm gone. I take them off as soon as I get home because I know, you know, you don't need to keep it on them all the time. But I keep them on that, a hind gut supplement as well. I used to do Succeed, and now I do ADR Pace by Stride Animal Health, which mm-hmm. is a hind gut. So mm-hmm. I keep them on that while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I've, had then, re- I've had really good luck with the ADR. You have? Well, yes. That's awesome. Yes, it, yes. It's on that right now. We're, you know, we've been traveling for the past couple of weeks, and and she's been on that, and a Meprazole, and the GastroFix. I feed her GastroFix. Kiss mm-hmm. is a picky eater, and um, any any feed food supplement is not always my friend where it comes to Kiss because, you know, she has to eat the supplement. And mm-hmm. so when she's not eating her grain very good, which has been a thing with her ever since she was young. She's always been like that. Um, mm-hmm. But so the ADR pace being a pace that I can, you know, push down her throat. <laughs> <laughs> For no better way to say is a good thing. Yeah, sometimes those pace they they do work. I mean, there's a time and a place for them, and if it's easier to literally shove it down them, it, it works. Exactly. I mean, if they won't eat it, then yeah, shoving it down their face is the best way. And yeah. she actually seems to like it. She doesn't throw a fit taking it. So mm-hmm. yeah. So one question that I always ask my guests on the show is one that always brings up an interesting conversation. So feel free to answer this question however you like. There's no right or wrong answer. If you could change anything about the horse industry, what would it be? I don't, I guess like um, the treatment of your horse and um, is, is a big deal with me. So say when I go to, I get, you know, being educated, about animals like when I go to a bell race and I see people yanking their horse around or spanking on them or whatever you know I the horses I mean 
they don't have to be good at what we ask them to do. I want my horse to want to be good at what she does. Just being like um, being attentive to your horse's needs and what they need, and if they're out there doing their very best, and and you know that horse doesn't know always that whether he won or not. You know, he doesn't, Kiss doesn't know she won $100,000. I mean, I tried to make her know that. You know, I pet her and tell her good job. And she's just like, Mom, I went out there and did my best. Now can I go eat or, you know, go lay down or whatever. Being more appreciative of your horse. Um, so as youngsters growing up, gaining knowledge, going and learning, never thinking you know everything, just always learning. Always learning more and more on how to take care of your horse. And that's kind of... I mean, that's with any, I think, um, aspect of horses, not just bell racing, whether you're a jumper or a roper or whatever you do, just taking good care of your equine athlete. Yeah. Does that that sound good? Yeah, I think that's great. (laughs) Just to add to it, I don't, you know, we always look, I think looking back on myself when I first got horses years ago, I think, oh my God, I did it all wrong. <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. But you well, live and you learn. Yeah. Yes. I learned. I mean, I've learned. I'm still learning so much. So, so much. With every horse, something new to learn. Correct. With every horse, something different that they need. I mean, and just learn that about your horse and, and being around them. And, and, you know, a big thing with me, and this is a hang-up, and like I said, I hope I don't step anybody's toes, but, like, you know, when I'm out rodeoing and I want my horse to give me her all, I want to give my horse her all. So, I want to take care of her. I want to clean her stall. I want to feed her. I want to, I don't want to just jump on her and run her and, you know, and then say, here, here's so-and-so, whether it be mom and dad or, or hired hand or whatever, you know, I don't know. I want to have the connection with my horse. I don't want her, like we talked about earlier, just to be that tool that all I, only time I spend with her is when I expect her to work for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to take care of her and be her friend, and I want her to like me and want to work for me. I want to know her needs. So mm-hmm. putting, putting in the work and the effort and not just expecting the world to give it to you, but you, you know, put some time into it. Yeah. I had a really good conversation with Maggie Plonsick a few episodes ago, and something she said really stuck with me. She said, you know, um, just caring for your horse, giving them fresh bedding, clean water, and good hay, they're happy. And a happy horse will do more for you than than you'll ever imagine. Yeah, I had a, a racehorse guy tell me one time, he goes, all your horse wants is for you to feed them. Well, which is kind of like, I mean, but like you said, where they don't lay in, you know, their manure and wet shavings and all. Yes. Concrete, yeah. When I'm at rodeos, I clean stalls all day long. I see a pile of poop and I get it out. I mean, just spending time with your horse. If you're not, if you're, I mean, okay, so let me rephrase what I was going to say. If you're not willing to spend time with your horse, then... You're not ever going to be the best you can be. Now, you can go be, you know, you can still do your job, but you're not ever going to be the best you can be if you're not willing to give your horse your time. Preach on, sister. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so don't be the one that just goes out and jumps on your horse in the alleyway and expects them to go to the NFR if they're not willing to. You can't take care of your horse, then I don't think your horse should take care. <laughs> that's a very good way. That's, that's a good way to put it. If you can't take care of your horse, your horse probably won't take care of you. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna use that quote. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Cool. Well, okay. Well, I know you're busy, so let's. I'm gonna kind of wrap things up. So at the end of my episodes, I always like to ask some rapid fire questions, and these are just ten random questions that my husband and I come up with because he's better at this than I am <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you 10 questions just to kind of get to know you a little bit a little bit better so are you ready I'm ready all right number one favorite rodeo well I would have to say probably Greenwich because I've won it three times and I know that it's been probably greatly <laughs> cool favorite flavor of ice cream um they have a Moulinium that I didn't know I liked, but somebody brought it to my house, and that's my new favorite. Ooh, what flavor is that? 
it is, oh God, you asked me, it ha- actually has, okay, growing up, I was not a nut person. I called them bumps. I'm like, I do not like bumps <laughs> in my brownies, in my ice cream, no bumps. And it's funny, well, now it has probably almonds and nuts and chocolate, little chocolate chunks and vanilla. Oh my God, that sounds phenomenal. I will have to find some. Okay, number three. Who is someone you would love to ride with? Someone I would love to ride with. Um, um, I know, gosh, that's hard. Um, someone I would love to ride like with. Is it a, you, some... know, probably, you know, I have gotten just, there's a lot of people I'd love to ride with, but lately I've watched Gina Bean train a bunch of horses. And just this past week, I'm like, I need to, she's a friend of mine growing up and all, but she, her horses just run so good and honest. So I'm going to say lately, I would probably go ride with her. Cool. Jenna Bean. Cool. Jenna Call Bean me. Brown. I'm sorry. She's married now. I need yeah. to say Jenna Brown. Yeah. Call me. I'll go with you. I think that's great. Last. Yes, and if I, if I was going to pick somebody to train one of mine, I'd probably pick her. Cool. Last Halloween costume that you've worn. Oh my goodness. That's been a long, 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 long time ago. Long time ago. Um, I think my mom dressed me up as, gosh, was I a witch or a devil? Was that a- <laughs> I was never Cinderella or Snow White. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was probably, that's been since I was a kid. That's a hard one to remember, but I was not a, I was a main character. <laughs> that's good. All right, number six. On a scale from one to ten, how good are you at pole bending? At pole bending? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say a one or a two because I never do it. <laughs> As barrel racers, not many of us do. Number yeah. seven, what's your middle name? Renee. Oh, that was an easy question. Yep. Uh, eight, salsa or queso? Oh, that's a hard one, too, because I like both of those. Um... Um, probably salsa. Nine. Is there such thing as too much fringe? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Ten. Okay, number ten. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, superpower? Uh, to be able to read my horse's mind. Oh, that would be a good one. <laughs> that would be a really good one. And yeah. speaking of that... Well, Maybe I should take that bag. I might not want to know what kids has to say sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to be able to read her mind after, you know, coming out of the American, going back to her stall. Because like you said, they probably have no idea what's going on. No. no. They're probably, uh, my sister walks up. I took us in for interviews and stuff. And my husband, which is was amazing because I wouldn't want anybody else to take her back to the trailer. And my sister-in-law was like, so many people, I mean, so many people walked by and petted her. And I'm... She was probably like, if y'all would just leave me alone. <laughs> Why are you touching me? <laughs> yeah, I've done my job. Leave me alone. I'm going home. <laughs> no, she likes attention. Good. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media? Um, I have, I'm not great at social media, um, 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 but I do have a Facebook page, um, just Shelly Morgan. Um I'm not good at like, my friend requests are kind of like exceeded. And so I'm not great at deleting and, and paying attention to new friend requests. Saying that to say like, cause I know some people are like, God, did you block me? I can't even tag you or whatever. I'm, I'm just not great at that. But I do have a Shelly Morgan professional ball racer page that you can follow me on. And I do try to post on their side. Good. I have Instagram also, but it's not my greatest moment either. Well, and a lot of, and especially since you're on the road so much, not a lot of people have a lot of time to dedicate to social media because it can definitely be a full-time job. Oh, yes, yes. And I do try to do it some, you know, for my sponsors to help them out, but I'm not the best one at it. And that's totally fine. Social media is hard. Well, thanks for joining us, Shelly. We really appreciate your time. You can find Shelly on Facebook She's Shelly Morgan, professional barrel racer, and that's Shelly spelled S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. While you're there, be sure to check out the podcast at The Barrel Horse Life. Head on over to Instagram, and you guessed it, we are The Barrel Horse Life on Instagram. 
Be sure to follow along so you don't miss out on anything. I'm launching some really cool new merchandise on the website real soon. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast app. It helps others just like you and I find the podcast. Support for the podcast comes from Draw It Out. You can purchase their complete line of products at LonePrairiePHS.com. And from WOCO. To find out if you're a good fit for Jamie's program, head on over to her website at WHOAA-CO.com. The Barrel Horse Life Store can be found online at TheBarrelHorseLife.Store. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys down the road. Thank you.